0: Thank you for this opportunity to have fellowship together after the service, and Father, we uh, we we, we um, pray that the uh, uh, the sermon will be at, uh, uh, understood and followed. And we just thank you and praise you for His wonderful through His wonderful name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you. I'm- Pastor will bring the announcement.
2: Thank you, Bernie, and welcome to the service this morning. And with all the junior church children out, it makes it smaller, doesn't it? <laughs> Last week when they are all in, as we had our missionary here, it seemed a little fuller. But welcome to the service this morning. If you're visiting with us, welcome. If you're visiting online, then welcome to the service today. And for those that can't be here because of sickness, welcome. And if uh, you're locked away, welcome too. Um, Little Blessings Mums Group is being held on Tuesday. That's at 10.30 on Tuesday. Now, I believe there's no evening class on Tuesday evening as far as I know that's locked down haven't heard any different have you nobody has heard that I haven't talked to Pastor Hine this week <clears throat> um, this afternoon it's going to be interesting brother Juma is I see, brother Juma <laughs> Put your hand up, Brother Juma. He's coming, is he? Yeah. Coming. <laughs> the preacher's run away. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he's maybe studying or praying hard. <laughs> so he's going to be preaching this afternoon in Swahili. And so looking forward to that. Um, and they're going to be singing in Swahili. And again, reading in Swahili is going to be interesting. And so pray for Juma. He's been praying all week, he said. And so that's going to be something for the African people to be looking at. And they're going to be considering condemnation and no condemnation. And it's an interesting subject in the book of Romans and the book of John. So if you'd like to stay and sit in and listen and see how, you f- how much you can follow and how much you can pick up and learn <laughs> yeah, learn the language then you c- you're welcome to do so and that'll be after the morning service they're having a bit of a cup of tea something a bite to eat and then they'll be straight into that after the services this morning and then into that this afternoon <clears throat> and they'll be doing that Lord willing once a month and we'll see how things go On this first one, there'll be a few hiccups, we know that, and the first one that we have. This evening, Brother Bernie will be sharing God's Word, opening that, and Lord willing, the folks from Wagga may be with us, and we'll have a cup of tea afterward, have a supper to follow. So that's the first one we'll be having for a long, long time. Over a year. Year and a quarter or more, almost a year and a half, and uh, share something there together if you're brave enough. <laughs> and uh, I want you to stay for that. <clears throat> Do be praying for Brother Dunn as he has knee surgery this week on Thursday. So be praying for Brother Dunn. That was pretty quick coming. An examination this week, surgery. Well, this week is the first night. Last week, (laughs) knee surgery this week. And if you're going to nominate a deacon, please read the procedure there on page 6 of the Constitution and the qualifications in 2 Timothy and also Acts chapter 6. I have an envelope. There's an envelope that I have in my... I'll get that out... I don't know who put it in my briefcase, can't remember, I don't know if it's my memory or you popped it in, and it's that, if you put that in my briefcase let me know, Do, does anyone know who put that in? No? Now I'll tell you it's got money in it. <laughs> does anyone own up to it now? No? <laughs> I don't know why you, who put it in or why the money's there, I'll need to put it somewhere. <laughs> Uh, other than I'm just going to put in the offering no okay I'll put in the offering (laughs) so uh, good Castellinus anyway okay all done offering goes up by a few dollars Okay, let's have the ushers to come and we'll give to the Lord's work at this time. Thank you.
1: you. as we prepare for the Lord's table now can we turn to hymn number 215 we'll sing one verse out of that and ask brother Ian Dunn he'll come and he'll um, as we prepare for the Lord's table 215 one verse nor silver nor gold Silver, no gold has obtained my redemption. The blood, blood of the cross is my only foundation. The death of my Saviour now maketh me whole. I am redeemed, not with silver.
2: I am wrong but not with gold. Of Jesus, precious price of love untold. At this time I'm going to call on Brother Stead to come and share our thought before the Lord's table this morning. Thank you, John.
3: Good morning. If you'd like to take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah 53, the often forgotten uh piece of scripture that uh, certain people will not read for its obvious point of looking towards Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Often in rem- when we remember something or have a remembrance of something, it is often pricks our conscious or our mind to think back and look back at something that has occurred whereby we take note of it. And in the scriptures that we read, when we do take the Lord's table, it says that, um, do this in remembrance of me. So we often have, in around April 25th, we have the remembrance of um, uh, Anzac Day. Uh, sometimes when someone passes away uh, at a sporting event or other uh, social gatherings, we have a minute's silence. But when we come to the Lord's table, we think about these very uh, pieces of scripture from Isaiah 53, 3-6. to It reads, He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs. And carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed, and all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's interesting we see that there is this grief, this sorrow, this rejection, the despisement of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. But he took on Our sin. He took on our guilt. He took on the very thing that the Father hates. He took upon himself. And that is sin. And he paid a heavy price for it. We read in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. It says, "Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which you have also received, and where you stand, by which you also are saved. If you keep in memory that I preached unto you unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. John 1, 1, 1 1-4 It reads, In the beginning was the word And the word was with God and the word was God. The same was the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. We see from Isaiah that that light that came into the world was despised and rejected. As it said it would. Isaiah was written 740 to 701 B.C. That's before Christ even came to this earth in bodily form. John 14.6, which is behind me here, says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We see the way, the way of the cross. We see the truth in the words that were uttered 700 years before it even actually happened. And we see the approach. The only way you can come to the Father is through Jesus Christ, through that shed blood. And lastly, one John one nine that as we partake of this, the elements of the bread and the juice, is that we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. So we see from the scriptures the remembrance of the salvation that Christ provided. The rejection, we see the, the hiding of our own faces. But we see that the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. So as we partake, we confess our sins to him. We think of the sacrifice he made. But we understand it is from his word. And it's from this word that we get an idea and understanding that our salvation is secure in him our salvation is based around on his work for our sin that we repent and trust and walk with the Lord a timely reminder that of all the times that we, we sin or we do something wrong that we're reminded of what it cost Thank you.
2: Thank you, Brother John. And so before we partake, let's personally examine ourselves our own lives before the Lord. And if there needs to be something we need to get right with the Lord before we partake, then we do as first John one nine says, as John has pointed out, that we confess those things to the Lord, our great high priest, before we partake, and after a time. I've asked Brother Dunn to give thanks for the bread representing the broken body.
0: Heavenly Father, it is by your grace and mercy that you have invited us to come to the table to remember the sacrifice made by our Lord and Saviour. We know, Lord, and your word says in the prophets that your Son was acquainted with grief, acquainted with (laughs) grief because of our sinful nature, our willfulness our propensity to forget the benefits that we've been given as a consequence of this sacrifice. The broken body of our Lord and Saviour was in equal measure to our sin. Nothing less could have brought about the forgiveness of sins except that our Lord's body be broken. Similarly, Lord, we pray that our spirit too will be broken and contrite knowing that we've been forgiven much and that the benefits that are laid out before us Lord are incomprehensible in our own sight but they will indeed last forever we thank you and praise you Lord that you found a remedy for our sin a perfect remedy that will see us safely home in heaven for all of eternity all praise and honour Lord belong to you we thank you for your love and your mercy and grace that triumphed over the sin of this world. And we give you thanks and praise now in our Saviour's precious and holy name. Amen.
2: He broke it and said, Take heed, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me.
1: Precious Father in heaven. such rebellion and rejection of you and Lord we see this morning from Isaiah how we treated him so cruelly in our selfishness and pride and sin Lord and it was our sin that nailed our Saviour the Lord Jesus Christ your Son to the cross and as we consider that may it stir in our heart afresh great gratitude, appreciation that while we were yet sins, Christ died for us shedding his precious blood. Thank you that he was, we know, tempted in all points as we are every day, yet thankfully, praise the Lord, yet without sin and great. work of the cross there's no more payment needed to be made it was finalised there in his own sacrifice of shedding of his own blood on that cross we are cleansed, that blood that we're told in the word of God that cleanses us from all sin the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world Prove. Saviour who paid it all. And Lord, all to him we owe is yes. to him a rope. And, and we we remember now and, and give you the thanks and praise as you work in our hearts, Lord. Message, this simple message, the simplicity of Christ as it's called, in my believing and showing in that belief by following and serving and worshipping as we do today in your spirit, Lord.
2: of the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me Now turn to the hymn we started with, 2.15, nor silver nor gold, and sing on the remaining verses, verses 2 to the end, of all the glasses are collected. Some do. <laughs> Oops. If you were here, I think, two weeks or was it three weeks ago? <laughs> we were doing some rounds. Uh, I think we got up to round five of um, the Lord awakening this world to sit up and take notice. Sit up and listen and um, <clears throat> Today, because we are celebrating, we did celebrate the Lord's Table, I knew that we wouldn't move far, we might get through one, might get through one in a little bit, but um, God is a very gracious God, we've been singing that this morning, and uh, I didn't know what to title this morning's message, because (laughs) of how far we might or might not get through the message and the points or the rounds of today. But I've thought, In Wrath, Remember Mercy would be a good title. In Wrath, Remember Mercy. A prayer that we could utter to God and that he will do. Even before it happens, In Wrath, Lord, Remember Mercy. And if we pray that, he will do, because he has promised to do that in his word. And we will see that this morning. And in waking the world up to sit up and listen, he will remember mercy. Because in the scriptures it tells us so. (laughs)
4: Let's,
2: Let's turn back to the book of Isaiah Isaiah chapter twenty-eight. Right now, as um, it is the case, and you found the case to it to be the case, and as Troy even testified in the adult Sunday school class today, as he and I think Tim talked to a man yesterday that they tried to talk to, and as soon as they talked about God the conversation was shut down. You found that? (laughs) You found 30 years ago that when you talked about God, people would give you the respect to listen, but not anymore. (laughs) Very seldom do you get the opportunity to continue to talk and to testify. Yesteryear, remember that you go to a church that was packed full, Many churches were full. People have testified that mainline churches were full, but now they're empty. Now they're closing their doors. It's sad. People are not interested in God, because huh, we've been told God doesn't exist. Books are written by professionals. <laughs> the God no longer is. Resi- the God delusion is one of them. <laughs> the God delusion. We are deluded people here. Because we're coming to church and thinking God exists. He does exist. And uh, God is going to ring the bell and wake people up. And in Isaiah 28, he had to do it to his chosen people, Israel, and wake them up. He did it to the to the tribes of Ephraim where they were the ten northern tribes he did it through the, through the kings he did it through the judges and then the kings but they always rose to worship him and then they slipped away and they slipped away and he constantly had to bring them back and it got to a point he had to take them into captivity <clears throat> In the judges, then he brought kings along, and they, and in, in, in fact, in the northern ten tribes, they didn't have a righteous king among them. At least in the southern two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, they had some good kings. But eventually, they had to go into captivity through the Babylonians, and um, God had to teach them some hard, hard, and bitter lessons. And here. In Isaiah, in Isaiah 28, we find that it's between Ephraim, that is the ten northern tribes going into captivity, and God is saying, listen, Judah and Benjamin, look what happened to them. If you don't sort yourselves out and get right with God, it's going to happen to you. He said in verse 14, Wherefore hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men, the ruler of of this people who are in Jerusalem because that's where Judah and Benjamin were. And, and let's say, listen world, listen to me. I do exist. I do judge unrighteousness. I will bring you to account. Tune in to my word. Because you have said, we have made a covenant with death. And with hell, they've made a covenant with the devil. <laughs> that's what it's saying. They've made a, co- and that's what the world has really done. And in a time to come, and this is where we're going to go this morning, they're going to make a covenant with hell itself and with the with the devil himself. They're going to write a seven-year pact with the devil, with the Antichrist, with the Beast number one. <laughs> Are we at agreement when the overflowing scourge shall pass through? It shall not come unto us. For we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. And that's what this world has done, and that's what these people have had done. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Who is this talking about? Who is the foundation stone? Who is the cornerstone? The Lord Jesus. You see, when this one that the world makes a pact with, particularly Israel, a seven-year pact with, comes, then at that time the cornerstone will arise, the Lord Jesus. And he will be the sure stone, the tested stone, a sure foundation. And he that believeth shall make haste. Judgment also will I lay in the lion, uh, the builder's line. He keep it straight. <laughs> and righteousness to the plummet. And uh, a builder of the day of Isaiah's time would understand what he's talking about here. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters shall overflow the hiding place. And your covenant with death, with hell, with the devil, be disannulled and your agreement with hell shall not stand when the overflowing scourge shall pass through then ye shall be ye shall be trampled down or trodden down by it and so the devil's agreement you made with hell with the devil will be trampled down when the one the cornerstone the foundation stone shall come now go down to verse 21 For the Lord shall rise up, as in Mount Perazim; he shall be wroth, as in the valley of Gibbon, that he may do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act. Now, therefore, be ye not mockers, lest your bands be made strong, for I have heard from the Lord God of Host, a consumption even determined upon the whole earth. Read it all together. God's strange work, his strange act, is consumption or destruction. God's strange act, his strange consumption, is judgment. God does not want to judge and consume this earth, the whole earth. But he has to do it because he is a righteous and a holy God. He had to consume the Ephraim, the ten northern tribes, because they went so far from justice, he had to do it. He had to do it to Judah and Benjamin because they got so far away from his commandments, he had to bring it back into line. He set the plummet. And he's going to have to do it to the world when they, and particularly with Israel, when they make their covenant with hell, with the devil. He's going to bring it back into line. He has to readjust things to his righteousness. He made this world. He owns his place. And he's going to bring it back into line. But his strange work is judgment. He does not want to do it. How many fathers like disciplining their children? How many mums like doing that? We don't like doing it. If you enjoy punishing your children, there's something wrong. <laughs> you do it because it's a necessity to keep them going on the straight and narrow. <laughs> Same with the Lord. And as we've said before, we said it on Wednesday night that God has graciously, for two thousand years run the church in under grace. He has offered salvation freely. But his strange work of judgment, how long is it going to last? It's specified in months, it's specified in years, and it's specified in days in the scripture. I think you should know how long it is. How long is it in years? Someone tell me, please. Seven years. How long is it? half of it in days? It's told to it in, uh, us in days. One thousand, two. Come on, two hundred and sixty days. It's specified in days. And how long is in in times? It's called times, time, and half a times. Three and a half. But that's only seven years, and it's given. That's the judgment. That's the strange act of God to bring this world back into line. <laughs> He could say, well, I'm going to do it for 2,000 years like he's done it in grace. No, isn't he? no. And except those days be limited, there would be nothing left. But he's limited it to seven years. Praise God that he's a gracious God. And uh, <laughs> praise God that you're gracious parents. You limit the time of chastisement to a short period so that you might bring things back to their right position adjusted to their right right perspective until that perspective is gotten right let's turn to second thessalonians i mean first thessalonians it's sorry second thessalonians chapter 12 <clears throat> this third this sixth round we're looking at God is going to allow a diabolical and dictatorial control of this world through the devil's man. And Paul is writing to these beloved brethren. These, this is a church that he planted. He'd started this church and he said this. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, And it still hasn't happened. He still hasn't come. (laughs) We're still waiting. And by our gathering together unto him, we're looking forward to that. Mm, The gatherings of God. This is what we've been considering. (laughs) The gatherings of God in the resurrections. This is how it started at Easter time. We started it. The gathering, the first fruits. Resurrection. And that was the first fruits. And then the main harvest is our gathering together unto him and then we've gone into what happens after that and that's what we're looking at the effects of the main harvest the after effects of that and this is some of these things God waking the world up Uh, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by gathering together unto him that ye be not soon shaken in mind these people at Thessalonica were rattled in their mind or be They were troubled, neither by spirit or by word, and folks are rattled today in this world, right? Uh, it's not the world rattled. <laughs> Unsaved people are rattled. Even Christians are getting rattled. Nor by word, nor by letter as from... Our, now, notice what was just said. Nor by word, nor by letter as from us. You know, way back then in the early church, someone... Some deceiver had written a letter and signed Apostle Paul. <laughs> they had written to the Thessalonians and signed it in Paul's name and had written falsehoods to the church. And that's what he just said. As from us, as that the day of the Lord is at hand. They had written and said, folks, you've missed it. The day of the Lord is here and you're in the middle of all these problems that Paul talked about what a deceiver and hey they're around today as Troy said in the adult class he was talking about deceivers in the day in which we live watch out they're around let no man deceive you Paul went on to say by any means for that day the day of the Lord when terrible things will come after the Christians are gathered unto him shall not come it won't happen except there come a falling away first what did he just talk about the gathering together unto him a falling away a gathering together and that the man of sin might be revealed the son of perdition that's what's going to mark it a gathering together unto him a disappearance of all those that believe on the lord jesus And the man of sin will be revealed, the son of perdition. You know, folks, God is good. He will gather us out of this place before this terrible day will happen. And all the time through the church age, he's been holding something back. And let's look at what he's been holding back. This, this son of perdition, this wicked one who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, all that is worshipped, so that he, as God, this son of perdition, he poses himself as God, sitteth in the temple of God that's going to be built in that on that temple mount in Jerusalem, saying that he is God. Remember not that when I was with you, I told you these things, and if you want to read about when Paul was with them in Thessalonica, it's Acts 17, verses 1 to 9. He was only there three weeks. He told them all about this prophetical thing that was going to happen, and they understood it. And he said, burn that letter that was written in my name falsely. (laughs) He didn't say that, but it was a false letter. Don't be upset about these things. And now ye know what withholdeth that he the son of perdition might be revealed in his time in the day of the Lord for the the mystery of iniquity does already work he's at work the old devil the son of perdition only he who letteth will continue to let until he be taken out of the way You see, there is a resistance to the son of perdition. There is a resistance to the devil and his worker in this world. And then shall the wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. God is good. God has, through the church and through his Holy Spirit, been resisting the, the work of Satan for 2,000 years. He has not let him be fully revealed or fully do what he would like to do. What would have Satan done to the early church if he could have, if God let him? Tore it totally apart and wrecked it immediately. We see what Satan did when God let him do what he could do to a man in the Old Testament called who? Job. You see Satan come there and and God said, Have you considered my servant Job? (laughs) Oh yeah, I've seen him, but you put a hedge about him so I can't touch him. You see what God has done? God protects his people. And God has been protecting you and I for a long time. (laughs) He's been protecting the church. But God can remove, but he protects us. And the Holy Spirit has protected us. God has been restraining and has that restraining influence through the church, through the years, the thousands of years. But when that protection is removed, you wait, old world. You haven't seen The wrath of the devil and then three and a half years later in the middle of the tribulation when Satan is cast out of heaven it's told to us in Revelation 12 and 13 chapter 12 and 13 then it is all hell breaks loose hell is opened and the locusts come out oh I pray that you're not going to be there and uh, we don't know that our lifetimes will extend to that period we we don't know but We need to be safe in the arms of the Lord, do we not? Even him who's coming, verse 9, is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. I've had parents ring me up and I mentioned a little bit about some... And they're not in this church, but parents ring me up and ask the question about their children that are not following the Lord, will they will they have another chance? Will they have another chance? I said, uh, I can only say if if they were convicted by the Holy Spirit, by the word of God in this day now they probably won't but if they had read the word of God and it just went over their head and they didn't understand they didn't comprehend they may well have another opportunity if they live in this time it would be better that they didn't hear the gospel it says in the scripture doesn't it (laughs) than having heard to reject it deliberately make up a a, knowing, a a choice that they knew and did say no to God working in their heart and walk away from it. A willful, willful choice. <clears throat> God is going to let this diabolical dictator control the devil's man. Now, back in the Old Testament, we have a man in chapter 11 in the book of Daniel, and this was written in the 6th century BC and his name was Antiochus Epiphanes and this was written before Antiochus Epiphanes come on the scene this was written about 400 years before Antiochus Epiphanes come on the scene And, and the mockers of the scriptures say Daniel is so accurate he must have written it after so someone else must have written it not Daniel because he's so accurate in describing what happened here. And prophetically, this Antiochus Epiphanes is written about. He's one of the Greek rulers that came on the scene about 200 BC, a bit later than that, a bit closer to Christ. And it describes this person as a vile person in verse 21 of Daniel. He should come in peaceably, and he's a perfect picture of the Antichrist. He obtains the kingdom by flatteries, it says in verse 21. He makes a, li- a league with people by deceit- deceitfulness, in verse 23. He, t- he takes the fattest places of the place for-, for prey and spoil. He gives those that side with him in his government the best of the places. <clears throat> In other words, he gives those on the government payroll secure positions so that they don't, they don't suffer. Does it sound familiar? Hmm. <laughs> the precedent's already set in our world. <laughs> you think of it. And this he does when he comes in verse 24. He he talks with a forked tongue, a double tongue in verse 27. We haven't time to look at all this. He He takes away daily sacrifices in the temple and offers an abomination that makes desolate in verse 31 of Daniel 11. And they pollute the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice. And that's what Antiochus Epiphanes did in Jerusalem when he invaded the land, the Holy Land. And then in verse 36, it transfers from speaking about Antioch's epiphanies to talk about a willful king that will come, that is the Antichrist, the beast, the diabolical beast that comes even in the future from us. Because as you read it, you can understand it does. And we know it does because it, the Lord Jesus even himself referred to this, be, this person And the king shall do according to his will, and he exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvellous things against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that which is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the god of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any god. He shall magnify himself above all. And his, in his estate shall he honor the God of forces and a God whom his fathers knew not. And as you read down there, it talks about the Antichrist or the beast that is referred to in the book of Revelation. The first beast. There's two beasts referred to there. And so this one will come to rule and govern the world. Prophetically, he's spoken about in Daniel, and it is the one we refer to as Antichrist. When the Lord takes and gathers his people home, this one will come, he will make a pact, and we haven't got time with the shortness of the service today. He will come and make a pact with Israel, do a deal with them for seven years, In the middle of that time, he will break his pact. And notice what the Lord says. And he gave a personal and practical warning to the people living at that time in Matthew 24 and said to those living, when this happens, and in the middle of that time with this Antichrist, this willful king, this possessed person of the devil, this devil-possessed person, Breaks his pact. This is what you ought to do. Matthew 24 and verse 14. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto the nations. Then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see, this is Jesus speaking, when ye shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet in Daniel 11, stand in the holy place who have Whoever readeth, let him understand. This is the practical application of biblical truth to those living then. Then let them who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let them who are in the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. If you're on the roof, now you remember the roofs in those days, you're, you, know, you can live up on the roof. Get out, Go down the stairs on the outside. <clears throat> Don't go into the house to take anything out of the house. Just run. Now, if you've got a car, you'll drive, of course. <laughs> Neither let him. Hey, if you're in Jerusalem, and everyone's running out of Jerusalem or trying to drive, nobody's going to drive. The, the roads are narrow; they'll be jam packed, and nobody able to get out. Even in Nazareth, we were there; it was just an ordinary day. It was jam packed, and everyone was blowing their horns, and no one was going anywhere. It's, you get quick, quicker to get out and walk. And that that's what it's saying here. Get out and and run for your life. Because when this happens and Antichrist is mad, he's been kicked out of heaven, the old dragon's been kicked out, get out of Jerusalem, run for your life. Don't take anything out of your house. Run light footed. Neither let him that is in the field return back to take anything his clothes. Don't even take your clothes. Woe to those that are with child and those that are give suck with children in those days because that's a burden that's going to be hard to carry. But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither in this, on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation as such was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. This has never happened. It's yet to happen. And except those days should be short and there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened, and if any man shall say to you, Lo, here is Christ, believe it not. There will arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall sh- show signs and wonders, insomuch that they would if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. I've told you before. <clears throat> Wherefore, if they shall say to you, Behold, he is in the desert. Go not forth. Listen. Don't be deceived. <laughs> For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And you will know when Jesus returns at that time after this abomination of death so these So this is, a, this is a personal, this is a practical. From that time, you get out. How, how will they be provided with? Well, it tells you in Revelation. Can God provide food? Can God provide clothing? These people are told to get out, don't take any food, don't take any clothing, just run for your lives. Can God provide? Has he done it before? He did it for 40 years in the wilderness. You know, we've had people, and I've heard of it 50 years ago, that Christians are going over there in, um, where is it, Moab, over in that area, in Jordan, and filling up all those places with food. I'd say by now it's gone rusty the canned food and all that, they put in the... So they'll have to restock it. Okay? (laughs) If they plant it. But God can do it, can't he? He can rain manna from heaven. And it hints at that in the book of Revelation for those people. Just go and save your skin, save your life, go forth. This diabolical, this dictator, this one that controls... God is going to protect those in the Middle East. I think if you live down under, it's probably the best place to live at that time. Because this will happen 13,000 kilometres away. But I don't know that we've been immune from some of the judgments because we've got other enemies that will be on the run or on the prowl round this way too. We don't even know who they would be. But practically... This is what Jesus told, flee and flee fast if you're over there. <laughs> don't stop, don't pick up. It's like when Lot got out of Sodom and Gomorrah and his wife and his daughters, what did God say? Go and what? Don't look back. Don't, look back. <laughs> don't even turn around. And, and Mrs. Lot, what did she do? She turned around. And what, did she, what happened to her? A pillar of salt. <laughs> don't look back just go forward and uh, you haven't got time to turn around and in Revelation chapter 13 yeah I know someone else is ringing their bell on me (laughs) 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 and there it says verse 1 I stood in the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns Ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. And this is the Antichrist. You see, in chapter 12, I talked about the dragon who, you know, the devil's got no original thoughts. <laughs> he copies God. The dragon is a copy of the, God the Father. The first beast is the Antichrist in chapter 13, representing the Son. It, it, that's the copy of this, the Lord Jesus. And the other beast in verse 11 of chapter 13 is a type, a copy of the Holy Spirit. But the, the Antichrist is a copy of the Son and <clears throat> he comes with ten crowns and he tries to take over the world like a leopard, like a bear and like a lion in verse 2 and that's exactly what is in Daniel and is representative of all the governments of the world that have been, <laughs> Greece and Medo-Persia and, and Babylon. And Rome. And uh, he comes and takes power, and everyone is to worship him. And everybody in the world who's not a Christian or a believer at that time does worship him. And the second beast, who is a copy of the Holy Spirit, in verse 11, the second beast comes up out of the earth. He's like a lamb, <laughs> he spoke like a dragon. He exercises all the power of the first beast in verse 12. He does great wonders. He makes fire come down from heaven. Hey, When somebody does that, you say, wow, he must be God. And that's what people believe. He deceives them that dwell on the earth by means of the miracles that he has power to do. And this is the deception that happens in the world by the devil and his co-worker, the evil one here, this false prophet. His power to give life to the image of the beast. He causes, in verse 15, he causes they, as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. This is horrific. This is going to happen, and he causes both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their what, right hand and in their foreheads. And people talk about this around the world, even unsaved people, and that no man might buy or sell. Save those that have the what. The mark of the beast and the number of his name here is wisdom listen to this and this is the mark you get the mark on your hand or your head <clears throat> you've been marked I, I don't think anyone's got a chip here yet when's the last time you used cash oh good <laughs> when's the last time you used a cheque Mr Dunn uses them all the time. He's determined to keep the checks going. I did, I did this week. I used three checks this week. Got He's got a chip, has he? Oh, in his pacemaker. <laughs> but you see, we are being conditioned. Swipe the card. It's so easy. It's so convenient, isn't it? I do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've got a chip in it. But... I'll be gathered together unto him before they try to get me yeah. to do this <laughs> cheated cheated you I've gone <laughs> can't get me but if they try to do that we love be very careful yeah, yeah. be very be very careful what's going on these days watch out <laughs> um, <clears throat> they're chipping they're, they're, they're chipping your dog they're chipping your cat I don't have the chip in your bird yet. <laughs> You're chirping your bird, but not chipping. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a vet there. There's two vets there. <laughs> You're probably chipping animals all the time, are you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but <clears throat> the barcodes, the uh, those little square things, QR codes. That's it. QR. <laughs> uh, are we living in the last days, or aren't we? Yes. I think we're there, aren't we? all these things and how far is it going to go how far is it going to go (laughs) you know I think it's exciting that we are but the devil's got the system running and if you don't believe it literally the whole world is going to be controlled going to be controlled the system's there the computers, you, we never thought it would be so easy for them. You know, <clears throat> Western Australia's got a really quick system. <laughs> you, get your, you get your phone out. Uh, 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 New South Wales is a bit slow. You have to do it in and you have to do it when you go out. But when you go into Western Australia, ding, and off you go. That's it. And it's a lot quicker with that little square thing, what do you call it, QR code. Then, and, and it's all done in a, in a real uh, and quicker. The New South Wales. I I didn't... You know, I'm computer illiterate, (laughs) but that works good over there. But I thought, well, what's the sense in having that? Because if you go into a shop, what do you do? You buy something. And what have they got a track record of? Where you've been. And most of the QR that they follow, they're tracing people not through the QR, they're tracing them from what they bought and where they've been that way. (laughs) And and beside that, if you've got a phone, they're following you on your phone. My, my nieces are following their father when he's driving a thousand kilometres. Oh, he's at such and such a place now, and he's in. Oh, he's down the road a bit further now, and he's down the road a little bit further. I don't know if he has to get permission for that, but they're following him everywhere he goes. And and this week I've had some. Hebrew speaking people ringing me up and I I know it's Hebrew I I know what Hebrew sounds like and I said I'm going to say um, Shalom when I see the phone number and then listen to them and are you Mossad? (laughs) That's the security people over there or are you Orthodox? (laughs) I don't know who it is I don't know what they're saying I, I need a Hebrew speaking person to talk to them they just start doing it this week to me. I don't know if they're political, I don't know if they're religious or who they are. Uh, um, <clears throat> but you know it's a sort of insecure world, isn't it? <laughs> but they, they can track you, they can follow you, they can record your phone calls and everything. But that's the world we live in. Praise God, look at look at what it says in um revelation. Chapter nine, and verse four. Here we have a dreadful thing happening, where the beasts, the, the the these evil locusts are let out of the bottomless pit, in the was it fourth, fifth trumpet. I'm not going to read it to give you nightmares. You can read it yourself if you want. But they're released out of the bottomless pit, and they torment men for five months. The men try to commit, the people try to commit suicide. Only the people with the mark of the beast that have been chipped or whatever they've been done, that receive the mark, (coughs) are tormented. For five months and they can't die. They can't die. And it said in verse 4, And it was commanded then that they should not hurt the grass. Even the mercy of God is shown in that. Neither any green thing. There's any green thing left. Neither any tree, but only those men who have not the seal of God in their foreheads. You see, God's mercy is showing that people who are believers can't be hurt either. So believing people can't be hurt by these evil beasts. They are protected. So the mercy of God to believing people at that time is shown. In the second stage, well, that's the first stage of the first three and a half years. God is merciful. (laughs) In wrath, remember mercy. Let's pray that today, that in the time to come, when this this happens, and even today, as God disciplines his children, he applies the discipline in mercy and appropriately that turns his children and people back to himself and that he won't over apply the discipline (laughs) but appropriately let's pray Heavenly Father we, we thank you for who you are and how you know us and how you turn up the heat whether it be to Ephraim whether it be to Judah and Benjamin whether it be to this world or whether it be to us or our children or to our church Lord, you turn up the heat, the discipline, the chastisement according to what is needed. And you know exactly how much. And Lord, in wrath, remember mercy. We know that your strange work is judgment. You don't want to, but because of your righteousness and your justice, you must You must do it. And Lord, in a day to come with your people, your chosen ones in Israel, that you would do just that and that you would call them to yourself and that they would enthusiastically, as Paul did on the road to Damascus, turn to you by faith. And Lord, some listening in today or sitting here today would turn to you by faith And believe, Lord, thank you that this terrible time of wrath, where you you uh, remove your restraining hand, remove the restraining spirit, he that letteth and restraineth, is only for a short time compared with how long your grace has been flowing freely for thousands of years. And Lord, it will accomplish the purpose that man in this world might recognize there is a God and they do need to answer to him. Bless with salvation in many ways, for we ask and pray in Jesus' precious and loving and merciful name. Amen.